The construction industry is undergoing a huge transformation. Designers and contractors are facing new challenges every day. We are all overloaded with rising material cost, a growing skilled labor gap, increasing project complexities, and countless digital solutions. This podcast focuses on innovation through process analysis, change management, and building a culture of continuous improvement. Together, we will learn from industry leaders on how to improve workflows, increase communication, and build the future. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. It's Amanda Harbison coming to you from the Nika Innovation Overload Podcast Studio, and I'm joined by Tahir Ali and today's special guest, Greg Santoro, who is the co-founder and head of product for Dato. Greg, we're so excited to have you on and talk to you today. To start off, tell us about your background and how you got into this industry. Well, thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. Love talking and writing about construction tech. So really excited. So, okay. So how did I first get into construction? I I had an atypical journey to get into construction. And I would say it kind of came in a few phases. I, I would say I was first introduced to construction when I was a kid. My grandfather... I called him Poppy. He, he was a plumber. And so I would go with him to some of his jobs. We'd be in his like huge van with, in retrospect, probably like thousands of dollars of materials and tools in the back. He would be like soldering in the, or welding in the ceiling and like yelling at me to get his tools. And I would definitely bring back the wrong tool many times. So I kind of got to know the names a little, bit, a little bit better. That's kind of my first introduction into construction. And then I'd say my, my first real introduction would be Post-college, I did consulting and I went into DeWalt's tech incubator and I was working on a Wi-Fi mesh and IoT sensor solution for job sites. And I was the... I kind of ran our... I ran our pilots, our alphas and betas for for these products. And so I'd be on the job site and I would do two things. I would I would sit and just watch the job site. Me and a coworker, Mike Stoller, would just like watch deliveries come in, watch people waiting for lifts, watch people like calling everyone, filling out paperwork. And that kind of gave me a sense for the organism that is the job site. From there, I would something I would try to do is I'd ask people if I could shadow them. So I'd ask uh, you know, foreman if I could basically shadow them or safety directors and just walk around the job site with them and just see what their day is like. And that was kind of where I got to know the field a lot better. And then through Dato, Dick Olson and I did incubation. We talked to hundreds of people and we got to know the process of construction, more of the operational side. Like how do you, how do you start the job? How do you get the paperwork out to the job? And that's where I, I learned a lot more about the construction process. Awesome. That's a, a really great kind of overview and lesson about design thinking and how to kind of approach problem solving from that lens. And I'd love to kind of hear from your perspective, Greg, you've, you've, you've had some time in an incubator and in the startup world. And as you said, you spent a lot of time observing construction. I would say jobs have been on, there's kind of like a beautiful chaos to construction where you have just an incredible number of stakeholders who are trying to collaborate quickly to get things done. And there are change orders coming in and you're trying to accommodate those and make sure you have like the routing right for you know, the conduit or piping coming in. I'd say that a type of chaos exists in, in startups as well. And you, you have to really think about with these thousands of decisions you make, how can you make them really quickly? I think ultimately, you know, in construction, you'll make a lot of phone calls and you'll just try to get to what you need to do and then get it done. And I think, I think for startups, it's, it's very similar. You really try to trim everything that is not productive and really focus on, on what matters. Gotcha. And you know, that 
that just ties in to innovation. A lot of the factors you just said, and I think that's the perfect time to ask our, our themed question, which is what does innovation mean to you? Great question. The way I think about innovation is both the generation and execution of new ideas. For me, what's really crucial is that second part, the the execution of the idea. And I love to give this fun fact. So the Dyson vacuum, it took them five plus years and over 5,000 prototypes, which is just a, an iteration of, of the product that you're, you're trying to create to bring the, the Dyson bagless vacuum cleaner to life. And now, you know, it's very successful. It's in like 50 plus countries and it's, it's a very successful product. What I mean to say by this is failure is your friend. So in that second part of innovation, execution, you should expect to fail. It gives you a lot more focus on what is that unmet need I'm trying to hit. If you really think about it, the moments when you want to give up the most are likely the moments when everyone else did as well. So pushing through those moments is really crucial for that innovation to happen, especially there can be different types of innovation, you know, a small incremental innovation or something that is really revolutionary the grander the innovation, the more likely you're going to want to give up. So, so pushing through those moments is, is, is really crucial. So to answer it, what is innovation? To me, I think it's the generation and execution, but the really important part is basically expecting to have failure. You hit on so many interesting pieces there, right? That the big grand moments of innovation and also the, the smaller incremental pieces, right? And, and the grander the vision, the the greater the risk, the greater the opportunity. Mm. And, and I think that's such a, a great way of looking at it, Greg. So can you give us an example? Um, you've mentioned this this idea, this, you know, observations and following people mm. around the job site. What wh- what does the process look like when you do that? And what, is it, what does it come out with? Like, how do you manifest that into um, something productive or, or some version of success? Yeah, so so maybe I, could, I can answer that through a recent example. So you know, how we approach innovation at Dato, I think there are a few ways we do it, but one of the main ways is we really focus on the problem. So really understanding the specific pains, coming up with ideas like that Dyson vacuum that might solve it. And then once you have a solution in hand, you have to really interrogate it and say, you know, what else are we missing? What are the unmet needs? And that causes you to ask more questions, iterate, and so on and so forth. An example recently is we, we have this new feature that we're iterating on. We call it Forms. And we were talking with a few customers about it. And someone who we worked with was uh, and is Scott Block from Block Electric. Scott was talking with us and they have a lot of paper forms. So they have like this green leather captain's book is kind of what, what I call it for their dailies, where they write everything in there. And they have work orders that are carbon copy papers and they'll rip them off, you know, give it to the PM, give it to the GC and then hold on to one. They will send those over email. And so they reached out to us because they thought a lot of sense. They thought it made a lot of sense to bring those into Dato because it would be a searchable database for those forms. They wanted to do this, however, they didn't want to upend their whole system of creating forms. And some of the software out there today, you have these dropdowns, and it's kind of a very different system for them. So we worked with them. We created a 1.0 version with other customers as well. It was enabled them to create their current forms with fillable PDFs, but do them in Dato, be able to add photos to them, and then ultimately have them in Dato as a searchable database so they could search on them when they need them. We created a 1.0 version, and now we're releasing a 1.1 version. And the incremental innovation of the 1.1 was from working with Block and other customers to identify, okay, what are the gaps? What can we do to make this better? I say this to mean we really focused on their problems and how we could solve those problems. And 
all these next iterations are going to be focusing on, okay, what is your problem? And literally, what is the business case for you to help make this feature and this product useful for you? And so I think that's a, a good example of how focusing on the problem can lead to innovation, either in your own product or for the industry as a whole. I think that's so important. And that's something where this whole digital transformation, trying to make processes more efficient and to clear up communication. And I think you hit on such an important point because every contractor is different and we are trying to make the industry more standardized, but it's difficult. And so having that custom feature and actually sitting down with them saying, what is your problem? How can we fix it is really important. But can you go into a little bit more of the importance of going from paper to digital? What other ways, you know, do contractors benefit? Yeah, that, that is definitely the whole, you know, digitization to digitalization to an entire digital transformation of, of your company. So, so obviously the benefits, so here, here's a good example that, that that captain's book that I told you about for, for Block. There's a job site I was on with them where a few of them were thrown away by accident. So I think one advantage of digitization is that you you, you know you're not going to lose this thing, or there, there's not like an accident that could happen. I think that is that's one of the advantages of moving from paper to a digital product. The kind of next step there is once you have this thing in a digital format, ultimately, like in the beginning, how I said construction is this kind of chaotic, kind of beautiful chaos. Once you have paper in a digital format, you can kind of make more sense of that beautiful chaos and you can have people collaborate on the same thing at the same time. I think that's that's something as a startup, you know, we're, we're remote due to you know, COVID and uh, we'll be fully remote uh, after COVID as well. Looking at the same thing at, at the same time is, is a really valuable tool to make sure everyone is aligned and it just it leads to more productive conversations. So moving from paper to digital enables you to kind of look at the same thing at the same time and and help just get alignment. And then let's just flip the switch then. For those that want to actually start those processes, what are some factors that or obstacles that contractors run into? Um, I think a lot of them are like, yes, let's, let's get into this. But sometimes they didn't think of some of those inhibitors to start and it can really basically end their process if they didn't consider those things. So what are some of the, uh, you know, especially if you're going to put anything digital, you know, cloud storage, what are some other factors that they should be considering? This is not specific digital, this first point, um, but no matter what product or new operation you bring into a company, everyone will have, you know, you move my cheese and no matter what you do, you have to make sure that people are, you, you over communicate what's happening, what's happening to their stuff, why we're moving to this new thing. And no matter what you do, even if it's a really small change, you have to make sure that everyone is kind of aligned with what is happening and that you, you make sure you listen to, to what, what their complaints are with, with, this, with this change. That's not specific to digital. That's just a general thing you have to be aware of as, as you introduce a new, a new product. The second thing I, I would say that I see happen with digital is as you move from paper to digital, paper is really easy to use. You know how to do it. You have like a pen, like the carbon copy work order, like just fill it out, rip it off. It's great. There really is no user interaction issue. As you move to kind of digital platforms, there's, there's a lot of emphasis on like, how can you make this, this really easy to use? And a lot of times the first iterations of a product, you're, it's not going to be as easy to use. Like writing on a piece of paper is not going to be as easy as writing on a tablet with your Apple Pencil. Even though very things are very similar, there are just going to be some differences. I would say one of the other things is 
when someone tries a new product, a digital product, if it doesn't work initially, it's kind of like, oh, this thing's this thing's not going to work for me. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use it. So that's where that over communication and trying to understand what the barriers are to using it. Cause you know that there are benefits. Like you've probably made the business case to yourself of why you're bringing this into your company. You have to really explain to them, okay, let's just, let's keep trying. Let's keep trying this and give it, give it, you know, at least 30 days to try this out. Don't throw it out with, with the first barrier to barrier to entry in effect. You bring up such an interesting topic, uh, change management, right? Because when you innovate your effectively uh, championing change. And then when you bring on change management, especially in a, a traditional industry such as ours, it can lead to you know the use of some of the tactics that you mentioned and, uh, and even more, right, to be able to get people on board. So I'd love to hear, Greg, from your perspective, uh, you've mentioned some kind of general ways to approach making sure that, that people are, are kind of on board. Can you go into maybe some specifics around opportunities that, that you have seen or worked with where a little bit of effort paid, paid dividends in getting people to get excited about this, this digital transformation or getting people involved in uh, trying out a new way of working. Yeah, sure. So I'll give a specific example. I think before that, though, I'll kind of mention it with the tactic that, that we've used, which is storytelling. I think, and this is how we also, you know, I, I said one approach we have to innovation is focusing on the problem. Another one is, is storytelling. You know, instead of describing a problem as a list of bullet points, you want to communicate it as a story because it's easier to latch onto that pain point. So like if an innovation is about solving a pain, you need everyone to kind of understand what that, what that pain is. As people try to push this new technology into a company, they're going to want to explain it in terms of what does this mean for you and making, making it very real for them. And I think that, that comes from storytelling. One thing that um, I use it just just internally for for us, like some something that we use for this tactic. We as, as you develop a product, you you have like a lot of decisions to make, very very micro decisions about you know if you think about a screen, there are many many components to it. So all of those are decisions you have to make, and all of them come with a different set of functionality. So we wanted to try a new type of development process at Dato. There was like a new idea we had for how to do it, and it was basically moving that decision-making process from specking it out in the beginning, kind of like, you know, like for, for manufacturing, you're going to spec out an entire a drill or whatnot, and then it's going to go to the manufacturing line. Software, you can kind of move the decisions of how big is the trigger, where is the safety, and et cetera, et cetera, kind of to the actual development process. And so we were kind of, we were looking at, okay, how can we move these decisions to the development process? Because there are a lot of unknowns in software. Initially, when I was kind of pitching a new process, it was about, okay, let's, let's just be output focused and let's, let's have us say, okay, this is what we want to accomplish. How can we get there? And when I initially pitched it, it wasn't well received because I kind of said, I think we should just do this. These are the bullet points for it. Then a coworker of mine kind of brought up this article that kind of spoke to the pain points that people in our positions, either product or engineering face. And it was a much better way to facilitate, okay, what, what is the day in the life like for you now? What are the pains you feel? And how does this map to um, your pains today? And so, you know, the pains for the engineering were, I can't give you an estimate on how long this is going to take because there are a lot of unknowns. I, I can't give that to you. And then product is, is like, oh, but I need to tell commercial when this is coming so they communicate to the customer. So we're like, okay, these are your two pain points. How can we meld these together to come up with a different process? And so what we've been doing recently, such as with forms, it's like, okay, Scott Block wants this type of form. He wants it 
So the, the field can use a similar format as they have today, but it becomes digital. How can we make that happen? And so we worked together to really define the product as we were developing it. You know, we kind of had this idea beforehand, but by telling it more as a story, it got a lot more buy-in. You get trust from everyone. You're not breaking, you're not breaking someone's trust by forcing a process on them. I think that's a good example of how you can bring technology into a company through storytelling, which by storytelling, I mean really making everyone empathize with what this is trying to solve. I think that's an excellent approach. And, you know, that's one thing that we're really trying to get out through Unique Innovation is these pillars of innovation. You can innovate not just through technology, through your people, your culture, your strategy. Hearing you kind of hit on like the internal piece with people and culture, but let's switch it to more of the R&D aspect. So how does Dato approach research and development? I would say, I'd say we are always researching and developing. One of my favorite parts of the job is, is talking to customers. So let, let, me, let me draw a distinction here. So at previous jobs, you would kind of set up research trips. And it's like, oh, I need to work with the sales team, set up a research trip. I'm going to go to this location. We're going to visit these job sites. We're going to like gain insights. That is difficult because you don't necessarily know what the ask is. You're kind of using a lot of relationships to kind of do, do a research call. So at Data, what we try to do is kind of what I mentioned before, is really focus on the problem. I'll always constantly hop on calls with our customer success team and with customers so that we're kind of a combined team truly trying to understand the problem. And we'll even have engineers hop onto these calls sometimes as well. We will basically really try to understand the problem and then... That facilitates the R&D, if you will. Like the research part is understanding the problem. And that will take the form of us all hopping on the call and constantly being surrounded by these problems. And then translating those into very specific details. Okay, what specifically is going wrong? And what are they trying to do? At Dato, that, that is what... We basically try to constantly surround ourselves. We even have a channel that is me posting all the problems people are facing or things in the industry that I'm hearing about. That's kind of our more of our informal process. We do have a formal process where you know, we were in Chicago uh, a few weeks ago visiting customers on job sites. But what we wanted to talk about were specific things. So like we, we visited a shop um, in, in St. Louis and really tried to understand, okay, what is, their, what is their process like, their fabrication process? Because they were like, we think data can be used here. So we were kind of working together to really understand, okay, what's happening today? What are all the pieces of paper you're using today? And what do you want in the future? And wh- where's like the compromise here? We really try to have targeted field trips, if you will, to talk about these problems. And then we try to have conversations every week with customers talking about issues. And then we're here in the background, constantly synthesizing as a team. Okay, how can we approach these? Are there quick wins? Or are there longer term wins? Well, that's great. And you mentioned so many things where I'm actually going to go personally to you now. I want to know how you learn. So I know you're part of the Construction Progress Coalition. I've seen you on quite a few other things. Um, but how do you keep up with the industry? Do webinars? Do you do classes? Yeah. So I try to keep up with the construction industry, but also just other industries too, because I think construction can learn a lot from other industries. And I think that's a, another crucial part of innovation is diversity of opinion, whether that's you know bringing in people into the conversation or keeping yourself aware of other opinions, that, that diversity of thought is, is, really, is really important. So for myself, you said, what is my, what is my approach to learning? Was it, that was the question? Yeah. What, what do we call it at Dato? I think we say, we used to have a job description that said, we, we recruit people who are insanely curious 
So I think in general, I approach things with, with like an ultimate curiosity of what's happening. I really try to get into the details. So, so how I learn is I really kind of dive deep and then I come back and be like, okay, I have all these details. What does this mean for me, for the product, et cetera, et cetera. To do that, I have to like write things down. Like I, I basically have to almost be scatterbrained and just write all my thoughts down and then group them back together. You know, on the CPC calls, I'll probably be in the background writing a bunch of notes to myself. And then I, what I love to do is then talk about those notes with someone on the team or just think about them. I think, think about these notes myself and think about, okay, what's, like, what's, what's my takeaway? I'm always on calls saying, okay, what's the takeaway here? What's the takeaway there? Because if I don't say the takeaway to myself, I'm not going to have a takeaway. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to have a learning. And then all that time I spent listening to this thing is not going to be that useful. But in general, I try to, I subscribe to, you know, like construction dive. I, I, I'm on a, all the CPC calls. I, I listen to the contact crew, construction dorks. I, I try to access as much content as possible. And then I am sharing that content with people on the team or talking about it with other people or writing down my own, my own notes. I think all of it involves me really taking that information and synthesizing it in some matter, in some manner. That's, that's kind of how I best learn. That's awesome. I think uh, you hit on a lot of different great ways of, of bringing information in and then also being able to, to process it. A lot of what you've talked about, this digital transformation, this, this road towards the paperless job site, as it were, we have so many listeners, we have so many uh, folks within the industry who are at different levels of maturity in that process in terms of you know, how truly quote unquote paperless job sites are. And then we also uh, oftentimes will hear about the job site that is um, you know, lauded as a paperless job site. And then you go back the day after a big tour or a demo and lo and behold, there's paper everywhere. For those of our audience members who, um, you know, are looking towards achieving that dream of digital workflows or, or the truly paperless uh, idea of a job site, what would you say is kind of that first step they can take or the first kind of big moves towards that journey? It's, it's funny you mentioned that story about people saying they're digital and you go on their job site. When we were doing incubation, we went in this big, big project in the Bay Area and they were like, oh, we're all 3D. We are doing all digital. And then we, we went on the job site and they're all using paper. All the subs were using paper. So it's, it's definitely a reality we, we've seen play out. For like a first step, I can only speak from my, from my own experience. And I'll, I'll just say it internally and then I, I can kind of give anecdotal for, for customers how we've seen it be successful. Internally, sometimes what we like to do is give you no out. So you have to do it this way. It's really easy to fall back on the ways you've done it before. And this is a really harsh way to do it. But sometimes if you, if you really want to test something out, it's like, hey, we're, I'm only going to respond to you if you put it in here. So for example, if, if we're trying to say, hey, we need more documentation, then we, we can't have things in Slack. Slack's a messaging app for anyone who's, who's not familiar. And it's an easy way to lose information. If someone writes a response in Slack will say, here's the post, add it to the post. And so there's like no, there's no giving in to saying, we're look for the information in Slack. It's like, no, you have to write this in this document, this thing to be truth. So that's something internally that, that we do. For contractors, how, like how they can take their first step to, beco- to becoming digital. I, I guess I like to think about it more so as a baby step. There are so many things you can make digital. I think it's really useful to think about like, what's one thing that you could make digital? that end-to-end would be useful. I think a lot of times people will try to implement a digital transformation or digital technology. 
and it solves like half of your use case. And it's like, well, what am I going to do now? I'm like halfway through my workflow and I can't finish it. That's actually kind of something we tried to do with forms. Like end to end, you can fill it out, you can view it, you can do everything you want with forms end to end. And I think contractors should look for technologies that they can basically have a business case for. Either what is this going to replace for me? Or what is this like literally what's the ROI on on this investment for for my company? And that's like when I look at softwares, that's what I do. I'm like, okay, what is the what's the process that I do today? Like writing out a roadmap. I used to like I tried all the iterations. I, I even made it in PowerPoint. I made it in Excel. I tried Jira, Trello, et cetera. And whenever I was going to replace the thing I was doing, I was like, okay, how, literally, how am I going to do this thing? What's the business case for myself? I think companies can apply that as well to, to, the, broader, um, to the broader companies. So not just what's the business case for myself, but what's the business case for the company? That's great because it, you know, it harkens back to that, you know, what, what's the greater why? Um, you know, what's the greater motivation, which is, uh, is something that really helps to, to hit you from a different place in terms of, um, the reasons why you do something. Yeah. So, uh, we've talked about a lot of things here today. We've talked about, um, you know, how you research, how you learn, how you got in the industry, building new programs and platforms, how you apply them, change management, and this idea, this myth that we're always searching for the, the, the paperless job site. So Greg, why don't you, uh, why don't you take us home? Why don't you uh, share with our listeners of all the things we've covered, what would you say is your, your call to action or your, your big takeaway that you would want to leave our listeners with as they go off into uh, their next great success? Big question. This would be my call to action. It's really three call to actions, I, I'd say. And this, these are kind of the things that I always keep in the back of my head. I would say, look for inspiration wherever you are in the world. And you just never know what you might see, what might help you connect the dots. Um, there have been so many times where I've seen something and I, I've like I've brought it to work. And I'm like, hey, look at this. We could do this. And, and we've actually implemented it. That's one. Second is you cannot succeed without failure. You kind of have to self-motivate yourselves a lot of time. And you can't stop pushing forward. Moving to digital is really hard. I don't think you can expect to have 100% win the first time you do it. I think everyone knows from all the industries out there that there is huge advantages of going digital. So if you want to be that kind of champion for your company, it, it will work out for you. It just might take more time than you expect. The third, which this might help with the second, is bring things to life. Visualize, explain through stories what this means for the people who you're trying to convince and say how what you're building, how this is going to help them. And I, I think that will that will really help whatever job you're in, help you convince people and help help you improve your own job and everyone else at your company. I love those takeaways. Thank you so much, Greg, for being on the show with us today. And thank you for your insight. For all of our listeners, feel free to reach us at innovationatnikanet.org with any questions or comments. We look forward to hearing your view of innovation and the challenges ahead.